What a wonderful family day. Uh, it is a blessing that God gives us such a wonderful spiritual family, and it's a blessing to have a day like this that we can expend, spend extended time together with our family. We appreciate Tony Torres and the great meal that he and Tammy provided, and, and I know a lot of people have helped with this day, and, and we could go on and on because there really are, by the time you have the activities and all, there's so many that have worked really diligently and will continue throughout the day. But, but allow me to just mention a huge thanks to Kevin Hines. Uh, he is the deacon that is leading this work and has done a tremendous day uh, job with today. And, um, and it's just been great. We appreciate and love he and Stephanie. And also Tammy England has done a lot from the office standpoint and communicating and all. And, and we appreciate her and, and the work that she has done in this. Uh, when we think about Great weekends, of course, as we've already mentioned today, it's not just today, but also yesterday, the tremendous uh, single mom's car care clinic to think that there were 25 uh, families that were helped and uh, 10 of them said they don't have a church home. Uh, what a wonderful way to share God's love to individuals that apparently do not experience that on a regular basis, at least in that aspect. And we hope that we planted some good seeds and, and we hope that we have shown the love of God in that. And of course, as already uh, mentioned throughout the day several times, we love and appreciate John Michael and appreciate uh, his friendship, appreciate the service that, that he has given to us for five years on staff. Uh, one of the things that, if you know John Michael, uh, without any hesitation, he has a heart for ministry. And uh, what's pretty neat to know, if you know him well, is to know that he may be transitioning out of one position of ministry, but John Michael won't ever stop serving God. And uh, we're thankful that you and Lindsay are staying here uh, to serve God. And what a blessing that will continue to be for us as a church family. Also, I just thought tonight, today, uh, this afternoon, whatever this time is called, uh, it would just be appropriate as we think about family today. Uh, you know, we give honor to whom honor is due. And, and we think about one of the great works that's been a part of our brotherhood for 160 years. Uh, we just wanted to say, I guess, congratulations. We're proud of you. Uh, whatever would be the proper way to say that toward Randy and Jody Duke upon uh, their purchasing and operating now of the Gospel Advocate. Uh, you have to go back to uh, Fanning and to William Lipscomb to get back to the beginning of that 160 years ago and to think about the fifth oldest magazine in the United States. Uh, it, it really is amazing uh, to think about the history that is tied up in the wonderful works that that, that business, that organization has done for 160 years. You would have a very difficult time going into any church building across America and walking in their library and not seeing many books uh, that have been published by a gospel advocate. And to think that, that that work has touched so many lives, and then we know the heart of, of Randy and Jody, and to think that there's no reason why that can't continue for a long time and be in good, faithful hands uh, in the brotherhood. And that's a lot to rejoice about and to be thankful for. And so we are thankful for them. We're thankful for the kingdom's sake. I think that is a wonderful and powerful uh, blessing for the kingdom also that they now uh, will be operating uh, that business. And we're thankful for that. We've been talking about loving wisdom. 
Uh, this will be our fourth lesson as, as we think about the book of Proverbs and lessons that we can learn from this book to allow our faith in God to form our families. In other words, what if what I learned of God's will for me shaped my interaction, my heart, my life, my conduct, my words with my family? And so as we already mentioned this morning, we've, we've looked in an introductory lesson that wisdom will change lives. We looked at the fact that, that men ought to be or seek to be wise husbands and what an impact that can have. And we looked this morning at parents and children and, and we'll probably sometime over the next few weeks try to circle back around and look just a little bit more at some aspects of, of that particular lesson. But this afternoon, we want to look at the topic of wisdom as it pertains to wives that we read about in the Holy Word of God. I mentioned to you... I guess just a week ago or a couple of weeks ago, when I asked dad who, who studies out of the book of Proverbs every day and, and has, I guess, for decades. And, 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 you know, I shared with you, I said, dad, give me, give me some verses that are fresh on your mind that, that you love right now as it pertains to families. Remember, I shared this one with you. And, and he said, Proverbs 3.33 in the following, where it says, the curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. But he blesses, he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful. He gives grace to whom? The humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy of fools. What if every woman here today said, I want to take into my home blessings from God. The way I live with my husband and with my children I don't want to bring, from my standpoint, I don't want to bring curses into the family. I don't want to bring scorning into the family. I want to bring blessings from God into the family. And just like we talked with children this morning, said that's a choice you make. Wives, women, mothers, that is a choice you make. You decide from that aspect of what you want to bring into your family. It's really amazing to think that as blessed as wisdom is, to think that foolishness really does cost lives. I found this image uh, when I was studying this week, and, and of course it, it very clearly communicates, uh, you see the little tagline underneath that foolishness costs lives. And, and with what I've been studying, uh, I looked at that, and of course you think, well, you know, when we see a, a physical accident, a car wreck. In other words, I say physical because you like, you see a piece of property and you say, wow, that's a lot of damage. And then you might even look at it, of course, and then say, I wonder if anybody was hurt in it. Do you realize when we bring foolishness into our family, we have the power to wreck our family. In other words, we have the power to take something that ought to be very beautiful and holy, and we have the power to wreck it. We have the power to destroy it. We have the power to injure lives and relationships. So what if we looked at the book of Proverbs and we were seeking to draw a picture of wisdom? What would a picture of wisdom look like? Well, with that in mind, I want to take you to Proverbs 14 and 1 which is probably, if you had to pick out one verse for wives on the topic, the way we're approaching it, this is probably one of the best, or, and by that I mean appropriate proverbs, based on the study that we have. And, and 
women and, and wives and mothers, I just ask you to let this be kind of like a theme verse on your mind this weekend. And if you're relating with your children, think about this. If you're relating with your husband, if you're relating even with yourself as the woman in the home, what's going to be the description of you? Proverbs 14 and 1, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Now, we don't have another slide of it, but just in your mind, picture that wrecked car. What does a foolish woman do? A foolish woman just destroys. What does a wise woman do? She builds it up. She is a part of the blessings of the beauty that God presents to a family. What a beautiful challenge. I pulled this quote out, thought that I had made note of where I got this quote and I studied several different resources this week and for the life of me, I can't find where I got this quote, but here it goes. I'm not trying to rob it for somebody. It's a great quote, but, but this was a description of the wise woman out of Proverbs and it says, wise daughters aspire to be like her. Wise men seek to marry her and all wise people aim to incarnate the wisdom that she embodies, each in his own sphere of activity. I love that because you see the various angles. If you're a woman, why wouldn't you want to be wise like the various verses in Proverbs that speak of a wise woman? Or if you're not married and you're thinking about, who am I going to marry one day, guys? Why would you not want to marry a woman that is wise? Or maybe we look at a wise woman and, for example, I'm not a woman and so can I learn anything from the wise woman in the book of Proverbs? Absolutely. We can see how she incarnates, she lives out wisdom and we can look at that and say, you know, there's a lot of lessons to learn when you look at a person whose life lives a life of wisdom. And so with that in mind, I want to do something a little bit different. And, and, and I don't want you women to feel like, oh, I can't believe he's doing this to us. What if today, this afternoon, we, what if we study Proverbs 31 and what if we just looked at it from the glimpse of if we were going to take snapshots of wisdom out of Proverbs 31, what would that wisdom look like? And in this sense... Women can gain from it, but truthfully, all of us should be able to gain from it because even though the application may be very specific in this text to women, there really is great application of wisdom embodied. And so what we're going to see on this next slide is, and, and I'm going to show you this because I've got to keep myself moving so that we stay on time because there's, there's a lot of, of timetables for people to work with today, which reminds me, I was supposed to tell you that the buses are loading out of the main entrance and, uh, and, and that may not be like immediately after service is over because some cars will probably have to pull out, but visit around a little bit and then shortly after that, all the buses will probably be out of the main entrance there. Uh, but if you look at these three points and you have these in your mind, these are three very easy things to see about wisdom out of Proverbs 31, 10 to the end of the chapter. Number one, we're going to see that wisdom is rare. Number two, we're going to see that when we do get wisdom right in our life, you can't name a part of your life it doesn't touch. 
Wisdom touches every aspect of our life when we really are living a wise life. And then three, we see that ultimately wisdom, if it's right, always takes us back to God. It's always from God and leads us closer to God. Isn't that cool? Isn't that neat? Think about that. Where'd you get that wisdom? From God. Where does that wisdom take you? Oh, that wisdom, if you just follow it, it just takes you right toward God every day of your life. And so it's a beautiful cycle there if we are doing it correctly. So let's think about wisdom being rare. You know, a unicorn's pretty rare, isn't it? And, and so when we think about something that's not quite as rare as a unicorn, but it is rare. Look at Proverbs 31 and 10. Who can find, Proverbs 31 and 10, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. What is he trying to tell us there about this kind of woman? Well, he's telling us that she brings a lot of value into the life of her home. But then when he says it's, her worth is far above rubies, notice how Proverbs 8 brings this into perspective of our topic of wisdom. Verse 11 says, for wisdom is better than rubies and all the things one can desire cannot be compared with her. And so whatever this godly wisdom is, not, not only is it very, very valuable, but it's also very rare. And that doesn't mean that it's rare among godly people. This room is full of godly women that are this kind of wisdom, this kind of, of rare wisdom. And what I mean by that when I say rare, I'm comparing it just to our community and to the world and secular living. You're not going to find this kind of wisdom in secular living. This kind of wisdom is only found if we go to the source of wisdom, and that's what makes it rare. Second, I'd like for you to see that this wisdom touches everything. Get, get a snapshot here of like when we think about what about our spirituality? What about our mind? What about our soul? What about our body? In other words, if you could just talk about every aspect of your life, what part of it does godly wisdom touch in a woman's life? Well, it touches all of it. I thought it was interesting this week. There was a hospital called Regions Medical. And uh, it was up in the north, uh, mid-north, and mid-west, mid-north, mid-something up there in the north. And, and, um, and when I was looking at their website, because I was searching wholeness. I was searching, like, I, I wanted to just read some articles on a balanced life. And I thought it was interesting because this hospital's website came up and under a tab that was entitled uh, like prospective employment. One of the things they were selling possible employees was if you come and work for us, we have perks that will take care of every aspect of your life. And that was literally on this plea, hey, come work for us. Well, it is appealing, isn't it? It's appealing to think, you mean you can make every bit of my life better? Now, I admire that there's a workplace that's trying to do that. I'm not trying to criticize them, but let me tell you something. I don't know if a workplace can make every aspect of your life better, but I know one who can. Let that sink in. I don't think there's another source. I admire this place for trying, but there's only one source that can make every aspect of our life better. And that's God, and we receive that through His wisdom. And so, 
let's see how much of life we can just pick out in Proverbs 31. And we'll just list these off quickly. Look at Proverbs 31 and 14. We see that it it touches her resources and she deals with them in a shrewd way. She's like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. So a wise woman doesn't just sit back and wait and say, well, you know, it just wasn't convenient. No, the wise woman says, I know what I need for my family and it's a good distance from here, but but that's not going to stop me. That wisdom is what moves her into action to be shrewd with her resources. Notice what she did with her time. In Proverbs 31 and 15, she arose while it was yet night, but then when you skip down to verse 18, her lamp did not go out by night. Now, I don't think God is encouraging us to never get sleep and to work 24-7. I think all God is showing to us in this passage is to say, look at the diligence of this woman. If on a particular early morning, she needed to get up early. She didn't pull the old thing of, oh, I don't ever get up early. Or if she needed to stay up late, she didn't pull the thing of, no, I, I just don't stay up late. In other words, she used her time the way that was best for her relationship with God and for her family. We have in the past, and we could do it again, but obviously we're not going to do it now. You can do a series of lessons about time and wisdom in the scriptures. I want to remind you of two of those passages. Look at Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Paul said, and I want you to notice how he talks about time and either wisdom or foolishness. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means walk very carefully, placing your steps carefully. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Women, if God allow you to live the next seven days, you will have seven 24-hour blocks of time. Will you walk wisely through that time or will you walk foolishly through that time? That's what all of us need to think about. Wise people use their time in wise and godly ways. Notice how Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Notice, If you know that you only have a limited amount of time, therefore you're wise with the time you have, what are you going to gain? A heart of wisdom. What about the woman that just thinks, time is endless. I'll do it next week, next month, next year, doesn't matter, I'll just do it sometime. He says that's not the way the wise live. The wise realize you may not have next week, next year, and so therefore we're wise. What else? Also wise with opportunities. Look at 31 and 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Uh, that was resources that she did good with. Look what she did with property, uh, with land. Look in 16. She considers a field and buys it. And her profits, she, or from her profits, she plants a vineyard. And so here we see whatever she had at her disposal or that she could acquire, she used that opportunity in a wise way. She was even wise when the way that she labored in her life. Look at Proverbs 31 and 15. She also rises while it's yet night and does what? Provides food for her household and also a portion for her maidservants. Look at 20. She also extends her hands to the poor and she reaches out her hands to the needy. Ephesians 4 teaches this same thing. Wise, godly people, they work to not only provide for themselves, but they also work to provide for other people that are in need. That's what wise, godly people do. And so to have the ambition in life that says, I do want to help my family. 
but I also want to help more than my family. That was a part of the wisdom in Proverbs 31. It's part of the wisdom in the New Testament. All right, so we looked at, at, at several things there. I think I skipped one, no? All right, let's, let's look at she provides beauty. Look at Proverbs 31 and 21. Proverbs 31 and 21. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Wait a minute, that was an expensive, beautiful color of fabric to make clothing. But look also, as we read on, she makes her tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. What has the woman here in Proverbs 31 done? In her wisdom, she has blessed her family with an environment that is beautiful. You know, God's the one who created beauty. And it's usually the woman who brings the beauty into our homes. Uh, it's usually the woman that, that adds the beauty to our attire. And here, that's another one of the things that we see of this wise, virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 and 10. But notice also how it touches, wisdom touches the etiquette in her life. Look at Proverbs 31 and 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness. Wives, women, mothers, will that be a description of you this week? Will people hear your words and hear wisdom? Will they hear your words and hear kindness? If God's wisdom is touching our lives, it touches what we say. From the source, what comes out, is it wise or foolish? But also from the tenderness, is it kind or is it rude? But then finally, this afternoon, I'd, I'd like for you to see that, that third point is that ultimately this godly wisdom is ultimately all about God. Uh, look at, at Proverbs 31 and 29. This is toward the close of this chapter, as you can see. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Now pause there. What would God say causes a woman to excel other women? Well, it's not really charm. In other words, hey, does everybody like you? It's not really that because that can be deceitful. Have you noticed that some people will like you at the beginning of the week and they won't like you at the end of the week? Jesus noticed that when he came into Jerusalem, they liked him and they crowned him and held him king. And at the end of the week, those same mouths were yelling out, crucify him, crucify him. And so charm is deceitful. And so if you try to build your life based upon what everybody thinks, they're going to change their mind and what they think about you from week to week. And so then we see beauty is passing. I'm not going to say anything about this. This is a good day and I'm not going to ruin it. And, and, then, and then notice, but notice the third thing. The third thing is, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's the difference. That's why she excels them all. She doesn't excel them all because she has more charm than other women. She doesn't excel them all because maybe she has more beauty than other women. She excels them all because God can praise her and others can look at her wisdom and relationship with God and they can praise her also. Remember her children rise up and praise her and her husband, they call her blessed. And so what did we see? Here's just a quick review. We saw that this wisdom was rare. We saw that this wisdom touches every aspect of life. And we saw that this wisdom ultimately is from God. And if we follow that wisdom, that wisdom will lead us right back to God. 
What a beautiful, beautiful snapshot of wisdom. Some things are worth fighting for. Your faith, Satan would love to destroy it. Are you listening? I'm talking to every one of us. There's no exception in this room. Satan would love to destroy your faith. It's worth fighting for. Don't let Satan distract you, pull you off the path of righteousness, take you away from God, your family. Well, how do you fight for your family? You can't control everybody else in your family. Other people in your family can do painful, harmful, destructive things. But you can decide who you're going to be. And so when you fight for your family, it's you saying, if you're a woman, I'm going to be the woman God wants me to be in my home. That's my fight. That's who I'm going to be. This afternoon, can we help you take steps closer to God? How blessed we are to have the invitation to be a part of God's family. I know we say that phrase a lot, but if we really stop and think what that means, what that costs, what that promises us, one of the most beautiful phrases that we could ever utter is to say we're part of God's family. If there's anything we can do to help you be a part of God's family, are you ready right now to be immersed into Christ? Or have you strayed and you're ready to come back? Do you have questions? Is there anything that we can do to help you? If so, come as we stand, as we sing.